Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about toning down the hostility in divorce what's in it for you, and some suggestions for how you can do it. My guest today is divorce and relationship coach, Karen McMahon. Karen is also the founder of Journey Beyond Divorce, a coaching organization focused on helping men and women navigate the emotional difficulties of relationships, breakups, and divorce. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Andy. It's so nice to be here. I'm excited to have you on the show. So I think, Karen, the common perception of divorce in the U.S. is that it's high conflict. Attorneys going to court, going on forever, costing an arm and a leg or your kid's college fund. And that's what we see in the media. And I think that's what we hear from coworkers and friends. And so no wonder people are filled with dread when they start thinking about ending their marriage. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's what we hear, but that's far from the whole picture. So tell me about the whole picture. What do you see as the bigger picture? What is more realistic? Well, I mean, divorce is difficult. So I think that most of us could consider our divorce high conflict because divorce involves conflict. I specialize in high conflict, and there's a very big difference between having two people who are currently unhappy, arguing, not communicating the best, but it's more garden variety as opposed to when you've got the high conflict is, and I'll get to that in a second, it's really a different animal. And I think that the important thing to know is if you and your spouse are navigating divorce and there's no addiction, alcoholism, there's no severe mental health issues, then you're just dealing with two human beings who are not showing up as their best selves and who are really in a lot of fear and uncertainty and and reactive. And that's what I think would be great for us to talk about today because reactivity shows up in garden variety divorce and high conflict divorce. One looks more like a bonfire. The other one looks like a campfire that might get a little out of control. And regardless of which we're in, there's a lot that we can do about it. But the vast majority of divorces do not go to court. Now, nowadays, there's mediation, there's collaboration. And then I should say they don't go to trial. And then if you're going through the court system, I think people... I know so many people think if I'm going to court, I'm going to trial. And there's a very big difference between court and trial. And I think that's an important thing for our listeners to understand. Absolutely. 
and I agree with you, like this is reasonable people going through one of the most difficult experiences of their lives and they've never, ever done it before. So, you know, you have to expect that there's going to be hard conversations. And I tell my clients that is like, you know, we, you can't avoid these things. They're, they're difficult conversations. We have to talk about how things are going to get divided. We have to talk about support. We have to do financial disclosures. And there's just no way around it. You have to do it. Um, and, and you're doing it with somebody who you clearly can't continue to live with. So there's already rubs, there's disagreements, maybe someone's an internal processor and someone's an external processor, and maybe someone's more savvy with money or spent more time with the kids. And so, yeah, all of those things. And I think I always say to my clients, the important thing to know is nobody's really bad or purposely being difficult. We all are swimming, if not drowning in fear and uncertainty going through divorce. And so the reactivity is usually coming from a sense of grasping onto something you don't want to lose as opposed to trying to be bad or difficult. So when I was um, thinking about our conversation, I was thinking about, well, you know, what would be someone's motivation for wanting to get through this without going to trial, for compromising and reaching an agreement? And I thought, well, there's the kids' college fund to start with, like significant cost savings. You can shield your children from conflict. So you preserve a parenting relationship with your soon-to-be ex and your own sanity. Yeah, I, I think those are the top three. Absolutely. You, you save money, you, you protect your children, and you emerge a better version of yourself if you, if you really put the focus on navigating your divorce with grace and dignity. So I'd like you to tell us more about emerging as a better version of yourself. Yeah, you know, I think that Our tagline at Journey Beyond Divorce is uh, divorce is painful and a perfect opportunity to reinvent yourself. And so our invitation from the moment people start listening to my Journey Beyond Divorce podcast or reach out and join our community or get a free call is it makes sense that all of your focus is on him or her, what they did wrong, what their shortcomings are, why they're bad. It doesn't serve you. And what most people are trying to do is change their soon-to-be ex. And it's like you've already decided or they've decided that you're not going to be together. Like that ship has sailed. Let's stop focusing on changing him or her. And what if you were to shift all of your focus to you, the person you will be emerging with, and begin to look at what did you bring to the table? What were your fears, your insecurities, your shortcomings, your unforgiveness, your judgment that you brought to the table that actually didn't help the relationship? Because since it's ending and it hurts and divorce sucks, let's at least use all of this pain to fuel a better version of you going forward. So what sort of mindset does someone have to be in to be able to embrace that? This is a very good question. We had a a new individual call yesterday um, and he wasn't 
in the right mindset. And he wasn't in the right mindset because he was in blind rage, blind rage over what was happening. And so part of what we do is we invite clients to calm the chaos, both the external chaos and the internal chaos. So the internal chaos is going to sound something like, how dare she after 40 years and she's bad for these reasons and she's going to do these terrible things and how could she possibly? And, and so we get into this story that's actually creating more and more upset and anger. And when we can notice what's going on between our ears and say, well, what if I were to just slow it down? And what does that sound like? It could sound like I'm really hurt and upset. I'm confused. I I don't understand all the whys of it. And if I can even for a moment think about what my options are going forward, that's where we get people to a place where it's like you have two options going forward. One is to blow everything up by just being a reactive hot mess, which we all start at. And the other is to slow it down and to find your way to take care of yourself through the process. And the first thing in taking care of yourself is noticing your reactivity. Some of your language there changed from like the person thinking she's doing this, she's doing this, this is why she's doing it, da, 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 to gosh, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm fearful. Like it's a whole switch around of perspective that maybe then gives you a little bit more distance and like instead of like trying to prophesize or ascribe motions to the other person's actions, it, it really, it's maybe more of a, a problem solving approach. Well, it's, it's even more problem solving is a piece of it, but before we even get to problem solving, most people, when they first begin, they're completely super glued on the other person, on their soon-to-be ex. And what we're saying is come back to you. And so if you're in those early stages and you're in denial, let's let's look at that. Let's honor that. Let's let's be kind and gentle about that. And if you're in anger, let's look at that and let's look at the stories that you're telling and let's focus on what you need. And a big thing is like one of the questions we ask is who do you want to be through this divorce? And it's really a shifting. It's like, yeah, the divorce is going to happen. The courts suck. He or she is, you know, displeasing. Who do you want to be? How do you want to do this? And when we're constantly bringing our focus back to ourselves, one of the most powerful things is it's empowering. It's divorce is, is a season where we feel painfully out of control fear, uncertainty, and I have no control to boot. It's like this, it's this perfect storm. But you do, you have an enormous amount of control with yourself. And so when we can get people to really, really understand that, okay, if I focus on me, number one, I have full agency. And number two, I can learn something about myself, about how this went south and about what I want going forward. It could be it could be the most fertile soil of self-work that you ever do. So so when you say um, have a conversation about 
how you want to be in this process. Can you give me an example of how someone might respond to that? Yes. And it's who it's not how it's who. And so you start saying, well, well, who have I been through my divorce? So for me, um, or my marriage for me at the, the, the second half of my marriage, I was, I didn't know it at the time, but once I slowed it down, I knew I was very, I, I was a rageaholic. I was very angry. I was desperately trying to control what was outside of my control. I was trying to change the behavior of another human being, which I had no right to do and no control over. And when I began to focus on myself, there were a lot of things that came up and I'll just, I'll just keep it about me for right now. I could talk about so many clients who went through the same path, but I realized I grew up in a household where I didn't know what a boundary was. So, so the vital importance of healthy boundaries was oblivious to me. I grew up being a codependent. I was the peacekeeper. I was the one who would swallow what I needed to help everyone else out. When I was able to focus what I was doing in my marriage that didn't work, that didn't benefit our union, I was able to work on changing my behaviors, my thoughts and my behaviors. And that's really what we're inviting people in to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I'm going to have more questions about that when we come back, but we're going to take a a short break right now. Listeners, my guest today is divorce and relationship coach, Karen McMahon. Karen is also the founder of Journey Beyond Divorce, a wonderful coaching organization. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back. Do stay tuned for more strategies for toning down the hostilities in your divorce. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about toning down the hostilities in your divorce. My guest today is divorce and relationship coach, Karen McMahon. Karen is also the founder of Journey Beyond Divorce, a coaching organization focused on helping men and women navigate the emotional difficulties of relationships, breakups, and divorce. So Karen, before the break, we were talking about getting you work at getting someone to think about who they want to be showing up through in the divorce process. So one of my questions is, you know, there are only 40 hours in a day. Most people have to work full time and they're juggling parenting. So how feasible is it to do this person, this intensive personal work, as well as manage the legal process at the same time? 
Well, you're doing it all simultaneously. Yeah. And I think the best way to describe it, I'm going to talk about our emotional energy for just a moment. So when we first find out if somebody's being left, when you first find out that your spouse wants a divorce or when you've gotten to the point where you're making the decision and there's no going back. There's a lot of our emotional energy is usually very, very low. We're either feeling like a victim or we're in, in a fight mode where we're in anger and conflict. And many people go through their whole divorce from that emotional energy. Those are the lower levels of emotional energy. When we, what we do is we encourage our clients to get up to that third level and the third level. So if we have victim and conflict as level one and two, the third level involves rationalizing and forgiving. And so the rationalizing part is, okay, I've decided I want a divorce and I know I did my best, although I could have done better. And I can forgive myself for the ways that I know I could have done better. And my spouse did his best or her best. And and they too could have done better. But, you know, we've brought people into the world and it's it, we're at the point where it's just not going to work anymore. And so rather than feeling like a victim of him or her or fighting with her and him or her, I've brought myself to this emotional split space where I can try to cooperate. Now, this is a place we bring ourselves back to a thousand times, 10,000 times. This is not a one and done. But when I can notice that I'm feeling like a victim, I can ask myself, okay, how is this feeling? How is this even serving me? And is there another perspective that I can grab? Like, am I truly just his victim or is there another perspective? And what we coach our clients through is assessing that story in your head and coming up with something that's equally as real, but more valuable so that you can begin to negotiate your settlement, navigate the divorce, navigate the day-to-day that you're talking about from a spirit of cooperation. And to your point, let's say I'm picking up the kids. I got that home from work. I got to get dinner together. When in the world am I supposed to do my self-work? throughout all of it. When I pick up the kids and I bite my kid's head off because I had a conversation with my attorney 10 minutes before I picked up the kids, that's my moment to just go, wow, that wasn't good. I didn't mean to do that. What do I do? I turn around and I say, hey, baby, so sorry. Something happened before you got in the car. I apologize. And I recalibrate and I behave differently. Same thing if my soon-to-be ex is sitting down at the kitchen table and I could be I could be snarky and nasty or I can say, all right, um, and let's say I do that and then everything blows up, the kids go to their rooms and then I can say, hmm, how'd that work for you, Karen? What might you do differently next time? And wow, I really interpreted him incorrectly. And while he was yelling at me, he explained that to me. And I do tend to do that. I do tend to jump to conclusions. What could I do differently? And so your ex may be displeasing. And it's so easy to just keep thinking about what he or she is doing. But when you can say, well, wait a second, I have to play some role here. So I have a a question about um, kind of like putting that into a practical sense about the negotiations. And where is the line between 
agreeing to your ex's position on something and standing your ground on what you feel is a reasonable request. And how do you deal with that whole negotiation fatigue? I want this just to go away. I want to be done. Okay, maybe it's not such a big deal. I don't like it, but I'll agree to it. Well, it's really a great question. And I think what's really important is to go into your negotiations, knowing what your non-negotiables are and knowing where you can be flexible. And so someone might, I mean, child custody is a great example. You know, so many clients dig their heels in early on about what is and isn't acceptable with uh, parenting time. And so you may feel like you're the primary parent and the kids absolutely have to be with me, whatever, 65% of the time, or, or let's say the other parent is like being really locked in their position. You have your non-negotiables. And then here's the key is to always find where you agree in the conversation when you're negotiating. What most of us do, especially when we're negotiating with our soon-to-be exes, we listen for where we disagree so that we can fight for what's ours. But when you listen to where you agree, and if the only agreement in that shared parenting is that we both love the kids, then you start there. Then you build upon that. You talk about what I heard you say was, you know, that you love the kids and you're right. We both love the kids and the summer's coming up and they do enjoy both things. And and you try to find little places where you can be flexible. Now, again, we're talking about garden variety divorces here. Typically, both sides will be compromising. The more you acknowledge and validate the other side, the more your soon-to-be ex feels heard and seen, the more likely that they'll put their dukes down and be more open to flexibility and negotiating a compromise. So one party can make a difference. It takes one. It takes two to reconcile. When you're negotiating, if one person is acknowledging, flexible, open, again, I'm talking about two healthy individuals, the vast majority of the time you can come to a settlement. And especially with skilled attorneys, you can come to a settlement. Nobody ever walks away. I don't think Mandy going, oh my God, I like I knocked it out of the park and won this. I mean, we're all walking away feeling like, you know, it was less than I wanted. Yeah. I tell my mediation clients, you know what they say about a good mediation is that neither party is happy. Exactly. Because then that would tell you that you've both compromised. But I I like your point that, you know, because I think that that often comes up in or there's a fear around, well, if I do this, then I'm just going to give everything up. But what you're saying, and I like that um, strategy of acknowledging, like, well, thank you for agreeing to that. I appreciate that. Just kind of acknowledging that can help to shift the tone of some of those discussions. So then you can then move on to the, the next part and create something that's more of a a give and take and a compromise on both sides. Yeah. And it's the conversation. So there's your position. So your position is I want the kids X amount of time uh, this summer. And, and then, well, what's behind that position? So, so you want them, you know, you want them 60% and I want them 50%. And, and what is that 10% and, and help me to understand, like, and because when you actually start talking, right. And this is the beginning of learning how to co-parent 
as not spouses together, it may be that there's a special weekend coming up or or that there's something that once you hear what's behind the position, it makes sense. It's like, well, I can't do that, but what if I did this? Like, would that work? And so that your ability to negotiate means that you have to have, your defenses have to be down. You have to be willing to listen for agreement and then with a schooled mediator or attorneys and knowing you're non-negotiable. So you're not giving everything up. If you're going in and your tendency is, you know, I never speak my mind and he or she always intimidates me and I'm going to give everything up. Then you're starting with the problem and then you need some additional support before you go into that negotiation. Right. So and then unfortunately, there are times when like, if one party really does dig their heels in on one of your non-negotiable issues, you really don't have a choice, but you you are going to go end up going to trial. Well, ultimately, I think that going to trial puts you on that path. Yeah. I mean, and I want to say to the listeners, like these are the statistics that I know of, which is 90 percent of of court cases never go to trial. And of the 10 percent that go to trial, 90 percent of those settle before the judge makes a decision. So there's a very small percentage. They tend to be the high net worth, high conflict people who end up having judges make decisions. And so every step of the way, there is an opportunity. And you asked a question earlier about problem solving. This is a time where it's essential that you get very creative in problem solving, because if you can't give parenting time, there might be something else that you can give. Like it's always great to keep everything on the table to see where we can be flexible. At the end of the day, for me, I was in court and my my ex was absolutely adamant that he would only give me whatever 40% of what child support calculations made sense. And my attorney was like, damn it, we're going to, we're going to trial. And I made a call right then and there. And I said, I will not leave this room married. (laughs) So I'm taking what's on the table and I'm going free. And it was, I knew going through the divorce that I was never completely reliant on my husband for finances and that I was capable. It was scary. But at that moment, I did put my non-negotiable aside and decide it's more important for me to wrap this up than to keep on fighting for something. And so we think something's non-negotiable, but divorce can be a marathon. And at some point, we all make choices and you don't want to throw yourself under the bus. You don't want to put yourself in a bad position, but when you think it through prior, you're often on really solid ground with what you will and won't be flexible on. So I think I'm hearing there that when you're kind of coming down to the last final things or coming up with against a deal breaker is to make sure that you really have enough information to be able to make a a decision about and understand the impact that that decision is going to have on you going forward. Some people who have drained their 401k accounts fighting for custody and ended up in a 50-50 arrangement that was on the table before. 
And those are people, that's why it's so important to get support, whether you have a therapy or a divorce coach, when you're going at this alone or with your support team, who's agreeing that he or she is so terrible and you should be winning everything, you're doing yourself an incredible injustice. There's just, it's a very complex negotiation. It is the rest of your life, your finances, your time with your kids. It is vitally important that you have a support system uh, to be able to go through this and, and what we do at Journey Beyond Divorce is we try to offer the kind of support that's not just going to help you through your divorce, but help you through every crisis for the rest of your life, because it's all of the emotional things that we go through. It's being conflict oriented versus being open minded. It's it's noticing the stories in your head and not getting caught up in them. It's being solution oriented and not problem focused and so many other things that will move you in the direction of a settlement that you'll be able to live with, even if you don't love it, because you probably won't. Right. And um, that's a perfect segue, Karen, because we are out on out of time. But I have one more question for you. On a personal note, I was wondering if there was something that you would consider to be a gift from your own divorce that you would be willing to share with our listeners. Oh, gosh. How much time do we have? <laughs> I, I would say that my divorce, my divorce was high conflict, three and a half years. Um, and I left uh, with a $60,000 debt. That was my settlement. Just just a little context. So I could say it was it was a living hell for three years, but it was also the greatest gift I've ever gotten, because over those three and a half years, I learned a lot about my shortcomings. I learned a lot about my fears. I learned a lot about my family of origin and behaviors I wasn't even aware of, intimate relationship behaviors that I I wasn't even aware of that were a whole lot of what got us where we ended up. And so if you keep the focus on yourself, you can transform the person you are into the person that you truly, truly want to be, which of course is a lifelong job, but divorce certainly catapults you into that. That's what happened to me. And that's why I ended up doing what I do. And I even said to my best friend at the end of my divorce, I'm so happy with the human being I am that if I had to go back and do the last three and a half years all over again, I would, because that's how happy I am with the changes that I've made in my life. Wow. Wow. And well, that's, that's a, a pretty great, hefty statement. Yes. I was going to say that's a great testament to the, the work that you do coaching and guiding people through this very difficult transition. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much. And um, I really appreciate the invitation to come on. And thanks for what you do too, Mandy. Listeners, my guest today was divorce and relationship coach Karen McMahon. Karen is the founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. You'll find all of their contact information in the show notes. I encourage you to take a a visit to their website, check them out. Some really interesting stuff there. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. 
When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>